club change it Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents I'ma shake the globe till they feel it Why the world make me feel misguided? I can't hide it I'ma shake the globe change it Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents I'ma shake the globe till they feel it What's up everybody? This is the Misguided Podcast We intend to guide you to a better future The purpose of this podcast is to do exactly that We will dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs and highlight what makes them successful, but also pinpoint mistakes they've made and how to improve them. Our goal is to make you start thinking about building generational wealth through business. I hope you enjoy, and if you do, please rate this podcast and leave a review. And now, let's get started. What's up, everybody? My name is Juwan Rohan, and this is the Misguided Podcast. We intend to guide you to a better future. I'm sitting here with Rafa, um, entrepreneur. It's nice to have you up here, man. It's been a while since I recorded a podcast. Um, honestly, all the podcasts I've been releasing have been from like months ago um, because I just had a newborn baby. So I'm glad to be back in the office doing what I love, and I'm glad to, to have you up here, man. Hey man, Juwan, thank you for having me, man. Congrats on the baby, by the way. That's awesome. Thank um, you. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's good to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, uh, it's my second second child. Had a had a little baby girl, um, which is really cool, and I'm excited. Um, but I awesome. have no no sleep, so a lot of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so where are you from, Rafa? Uh, Southern California, man. I'm in I'm in uh, Orange County, SoCal. So I'm right down south from you. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even know. I don't know why I thought. I, I mean, I listened to the podcast, but I don't know why I thought you were like East Coast for some reason. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people thought that when uh, because when I said Disneyland, they're thinking Orlando. Mm, so, mm, but I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. SoCal Disneyland. So. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great place to uh, have an Airbnb. Um, but yeah, we'll get into it. So so pretty much you do the, the Airbnb arbitrage. Um, I heard of you on Sean Pan's podcast. Shout, shout out to him. Um, and I heard your story and was just like, oh, man, I got to interview this guy. Um, sounds really cool. And so, um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the very beginning. Obviously, that's how every podcast starts. Um, but um, where? OK, so you're from SoCal. How did your journey begin? Like, have you always been an entrepreneur? Yeah, man. Um, great question. So my first actual entrepreneurial job, I guess you could say, was when I was 12 years old. I was working with my brother. Um, we, My parents owned a, uh, a catering truck business where they had a couple of trucks. Um, and we started washing them for, for them and a couple other guys who drove trucks around. And that's kind of where we started doing our own kind of line of work and starting our own businesses and, you know, building our own kind of way to generate income. Um, from there, I, I, I've built a couple businesses, some very legit, some were not. Um, some did really well, some did not, of course. You know, every, any entrepreneur out there can kind of um, understand what I'm saying. Um, and That's the beauty of it. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. Failing and uh, failing and learning is one of the greatest things ever out there, right? When you're starting an entrepreneurial, an entrepreneurial business or becoming an entrepreneur out there. So um, a couple of years ago, I was building, I do a lot of art stuff. So I started a- uh, I saw that. Like, yeah, gonna... so I, I was building um, these masks for this DJ, not for him, but just a really popular dude. And I was selling them and they did really well. I sold a bunch for a while. Um, and then I started doing like these like small- figures 
And then I started a collection agency. Um, so I, I've done quite a, a, a few things um, in the past. Um, and then I decided to get into real estate investing. And I found out about um, what, you know, I kind of learned about what Airbnb was, what short-term rentals are. And now I run a, a pretty successful short-term rental company that focuses strictly on the arbitrage model. Um, and that's it. That's where I'm at now. I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a great journey, man. I've been, I've been doing it for my entire life. I've never been one of those nine to five kind of guys. So I always try to figure out what, what to do or how to find ways to make money so I can ultimately have full control of my time. So you never had a nine to five. I have maybe about six or seven in my life. Um, I think I can count them off the top of my head. I worked at Stater Brothers as my first job. I worked at Radio Shack as my second job. Um, I worked at a um, machine shop as my third job. Um, I worked at two separate machine shops, actually. Um, let's see here. Bear with me. Bill Cohen. Uh, <laughs> I worked at a, uh, at a casino. That, that was my last nine to five oh, job wow. before I started uh, short-term rentals. What'd you um, do there? So I was a banker um, here in SoCal. Casinos are very different than, um, well, all of California. They're called card houses, so they require people to be at the tables to sit there and pay out. Mm -hmm. Dealers can't pay. So that's basically what I did. I would pay people out. Um, anytime somebody won or, or lost, I would take their money. Um, <laughs> I did that for, for about a year and a half, um, maybe two years. Um, and, you know, I, I also I, I started a collection agency, so I, that was mm -hmm. my probably nine to five before that. Yeah, man. That's awesome, that man. How old are you? I'm 35. Oh, man, you look great, man, for 35. I swear I thought you were in your 20s, man. <laughs> you get that a lot, huh? Yeah. I do, actually. It's fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, well, that's cool, man. So, damn, you, you, you did the 9 to 5 thing, figured it wasn't for you, um, and then just took the entrepreneur journey. Now, a lot of people have a lot of trouble taking that first step. So what made you say, Hey, I'm going to leave this bank. I think was your last one or the, the casino, um, and, and actually just pursue what I want to do. How'd you get over that, that, that hump? So, you know, with me, it's always been, I got to find a way to make extra cash or, or find a way to, to live outside of like, the regular thing. I, I never, I like to, again, it goes back to, I've always wanted to full control of my time. Like that's my, my why, you know, everybody always talks about what's your why mine is to have control of my time. I just want to have full control of my time. I want to do what I want, when I want, where I want with who I want. That's literally it. I have and a so t-shirt that says that I made it. It's from the misguided podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. I got to show oh, you man. on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says owner. And on the back, it says, uh, when I want, what I want, who I want, and then it says like in quotations, like, or like, it would be like uh dash financial freedom. Like that's who said it. Financial freedom. That's dope, man. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I didn't know somebody had said that. I just, it's what I wanted to do. So um, going to the, back to your question, the casino was cool, man. I really actually really enjoyed working there. The people were awesome. I really liked the people. I made some good friendships there. Um, but it was never my thing. I, I just, you know, being stuck somewhere where I have to clock in and ask for permission to take time off and go, if I want to go on vacation, I need to put it ahead of time or I have to build up a specific amount of hours to be able to travel. And that's just not my thing. So yeah. I was, I, I've always been around trying to find ways that I can generate money to survive without that, right? Without having that thing over your head. And so when I was, when I joined the job at the casino, obviously it was a necessity. I needed a job. 
Um, and it was in transition from my old business to say, okay, I need to figure something out. And that's when I was like, okay, I started learning about real estate. And to me, I never knew what real estate investing was. It used to be, you know, you buy a house and you live in it and that's it, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, but there's so many different ways to make money around real estate. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I started learning about cash flow and I started learning about um, fix and flips and wholesale. And, I, you know, when it's usually how everybody gets started, right? In real estate. And so I, I found a house that I was going to purchase. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to make any money off this thing. Down payment, conventional loan, I was going to lose money because the payment was going to be higher than the actual rent that I can make on it. So I found out about Airbnb. Um, and I'm like, okay, this, this sounds like a cool business plan. I mean, I've stayed in Airbnbs before. Um, it's a specific strategy for, uh, for uh, real estate. So then I found out about short-term rentals and I kind of put two and two together, right? A short-term rental is the strategy. Airbnb is just a marketing platform for your apartments or houses or whatever it is that you're doing. And so um, I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. Um, I gave it, I, and I've always been that person who like, I'm, I'm never scared to try something new. Like I'll tr I'd rather try it and fail it than not try it at all. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I, when I was working at the job, I was working graveyard and I just had enough. I was like, Hey, I, I can't like, you know, work at night, sleep all day. Like my relationships were dying out. Um, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't, it's, it's not regular life. You, you, you're living a completely different in a different world than the entire rest of the world. And so to get over that hump was literally like, I just need to get out of this, this situation that I'm in and I need to find a way to generate revenue. And so that's why I said, I'm going to give this, this investment um, a shot and see if I can make some money on the side. And didn't think it would take off the way it took off, man. It was the first unit I opened, um, cash flowed handsomely. And um, when I got the offer the, or the opportunity to open two more after that, about a month later, I said, I'm going all in on this. This is it. I, I know I can make it. If I give it my full attention, I can make it work. And I went all in. I quit my job, not knowing what the hell was going to happen. Yep. And <clears throat> I focused on it 100%. And here we are now. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, quick question, because a lot of people think like, uh, you know, uh, leaving a nine to five, I want to be my own boss. I want to, you know, take my own time off without requesting PTO and building it up. And, and, and a lot of people just, they, they dream that, but they don't realize how much hard work goes into it. Right. And how much you're always on the clock, you're never off the clock. So you're kind of trading, like asking for permission to really kind of having to, to make the permission. Right. Like I, and my question, and I'm curious to know your answer is, um, in a customer based business, who do you think is the boss? The customer. Okay. I, I love it. That's a great answer because I feel like a lot of people go in and, and think like when you're in a customer based business that you are the boss as the entrepreneur. And, and I just want, I want people to know that like, no, your clients come first because one, if you don't have them, you don't have a business. Um, but secondly, like you have to take care of them, right. For recurring business. And we're going to talk about that because when, when I was hearing your story, you know, you said, Hey, Airbnb is just a platform. But this is who I cater to. And this is how I get recurring customers and, you know, that whole process. And so, um, yeah, I mean, literally Airbnb is just a platform. So if you can create your own platform outside of that, then and you get a bigger cut because Airbnb is not taking a cut. Right. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into a bunch of that stuff. But uh, that, I'm glad you answered the, the same the same uh, as I would have answered. Um, so what's the name of your short term uh, company? Short term. It's night in, yeah, it's night and rain properties. K and I night. Okay. And then rain R E I G N. So not like, 
Oh, you fancy. Side night, <laughs> night night property. Nice, nice. Uh, okay, how many short-term rentals do you have right now? 25. 25, all over? Um, they're all over Southern California. And oh, all you- of them are, yeah, they're all in Southern California. So oh, um, wow. I'm, I will be opening some in different states soon, um, but I focus on my own backyard because it's where my the people that I work with are mainly located. And by that, I mean like the investors and the, and the property owners and stuff like that. Nice. Oh, I do want to get into that investors and partnerships and how you find that. Um, but before we do, um, let's go into how you find Airbnbs and arbitrage because you know arbitrage is a is different than buying a home and then renting it out short term, right? That's like I wouldn't say that's the easier way, right? But that's because you got you need more money up front, right? To purchase the home, then get it ready for rental. But you have to worry about less, like I guess, permits and I mean a bunch of stuff, right? A bunch of stuff goes into it. There's different ways you can do it. But you, you pretty much rent out a unit and then re-rent it. So you're essentially subleasing, right? Um, let's talk about how you go in finding these deals in SoCal because right now everyone's cracking down on well, the bigger complexes are cop uh, uh they're cracking down on uh, arbitrage and Airbnb. So, yeah. So every every city in the area in all of California is pretty much passing an ordinance now to where you can't um, do short term rentals. Um, you know they're becoming very popular. It's the it's the shiny new object out there in real estate. It's the best cash flowing asset in real estate. And so I wouldn't even call it an asset. It's just the best cash flowing strategy in real estate. Um, and so the way I when I first started. I would just go on rent.com or apartments.com and start looking for apartments um, and look, look for specific areas, right? Like I know every single building in my area, like literally every single building in my area. If you tell me, Hey, have you seen this building? Yes, I know. I've seen it. I know where it's at. Um, I know when they're being built. I know when they're being constructed because it's, I'm, oh, I always got my eye out for new buildings, new construction, new apartment complexes. So when I started, it was simple cold calling and making phone calls to apartment complexes. Hey, you know, uh, my name's Rafael with Nine Ring Properties. Uh, I'm a corporate housing provider that sets up short-term rentals for business travelers, travel nurses, um, families here for leisure, um, whether they want to check out Disneyland or, or, or the beach. And um, there's a demand for that type of housing right now for short-term stays. Do you guys allow that in your location? That was it. Um, that's how I found them. Now, as I've progressed and learned and gotten better, I no longer do that because those apartment complexes are the ones that usually you'll run into the most problems. They'll either ask you to leave within a year or you'll have a bad guest. And it'll always happen no matter how good you are. I've had bad guests. Um, Or someone else is going to fall, another operator, another short-term rental operator, because again, it's a shiny new toy. Everybody wants in. Um, They'll jump into the same building with you and cause problems and you guys will all get asked to leave. So now, (coughs) excuse me, the way I'm doing it now is I network and I talk to people like this and I explain what I do. And I work with uh, mom and pop owners, the small multifamily building owners, the ones that own a 10 unit complex, the ones that own five, six houses who have a bigger need to solve a problem, who have a vacancy that needs to be filled, who want to work with one specific person over, you know, 500 different people. And so those are the people I go after now by talking about short term rentals and the way I manage and the customers I attract, mainly the customers I attract, how I vet them and how we attract them. Um, Now people really, uh, most investors really just hand me locations. Hey, I got this available or, Hey, this unit's coming up. And I just say, Hey, if you're interested, I can lease out the entire building. Let me know. I'll be your guy. 
Um, and that's how that's how I've succeeded this this past uh, year and a half, pretty much finding uh, these type of investors who will pretty much hand me an apartment or a house anytime it becomes vacant because they know how well I take care of it. And they know that they're only going to be dealing with one person instead of dealing with multiple tenants. And I'm mm-hmm. going to take great care of their location. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And I went that's a, a, a strong reason of why I wanted to interview is be, interview you is because um, it you know, the, the big complexes are, are super hard and, and they're just making it harder. And like you said, even if you can get away with it for a while and, and you're going to have a bad guest, that's just bound to happen. Or other people are going to find out and want to move in and do Airbnb in that complex. And, and you don't know how they are as a business person, right? So they might mess it up. Now you got a leasing office cracking down. And so it really struck a chord to me when you said that you wanted to, uh, that you, you, your goal was to reach um, mom and pop shops, because I never really thought about that um, beforehand. And so um, that's kind of where I want to shift my focus towards next is mom and pop shops, um, or mom and pop shops, mom and pop real estate. Um, but yeah, so I guess when starting, when starting out, what, because it's hard, right? Like, how do you approach someone who's been in the game for a long time, right? If it's a mom and pop, they have multiple rentals or they have a 10 unit building and they're long-term renting. How do you go about approaching them, right? Um, Obviously, do you just, because a lot of people look down on Airbnb. A lot of people say, I don't want this many many people coming through my house. So what's your pitch? If you can kind of run that through. So, so here's the thing. Uh, let me let me bring you back to a mindset shift of, of this entire business, because and I'm only going to say this because the way this conversation has been going. OK, so you brought up Airbnb maybe I think six, seven times in, in the time we've been having this conversation right now. Yeah. Okay? The first thing you need to understand is that this isn't an Airbnb. This isn't an Airbnb business. Airbnb isn't an object. It's not a it's not a thing. It's, it's just a marketing platform. OK, yes. That's the first thing. If you guys come in and anybody listening to this, if you come in with that mentality to really understand that Airbnb is just a marketing platform. I mean, it's like me calling, it's like me, my own direct website, nightandrain.com, calling my apartments. Hey, are you staying at the night and rain? Right. It's the same thing. Right. Are you staying at the VRBO? We're not, we're staying at apartments that are short-term rentals. And that's how you got to approach any type of conversation with any type of investor or landlord with that mentality. Because if I show up and I go, hey, I run an Airbnb business. I have a bunch of Airbnbs. The first thing they're going to look at me is you're crazy. Get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. Right. But if I come in and I go and again, simple conversation. Hey, my name's Rafa. I run, I run a short term rental housing company. Um, and I'm interested in leasing out some units for you because there's a demand in the area here for um business travelers and travel nurses in these, these locations that you have seem perfect. Um, is that something that, that you'd be interested in doing, maybe working with me? Um, I've been, and then you just kind of stop and wait and then talk, talk to them about yourself and the way you would treat the location. I've been doing this for about four years. Um, I got about 24 locations that I work with different investors such as yourself. Um, and this is how, what we do. Uh, we, we'll lease out your location long-term like a regular tenant would under my corporation. So it's a, essentially, it's a corporate housing. Um, and we end up furnishing the location, um, and we rent it out to people short term who are here for business, who are here for leisure, for the theme parks or the beach, or they're here for an insurance company or whatever the case may be. Right. And I don't lie to them. The people that I say I'm going to bring in are the people who I'm going to bring in. They're the people I'm going to host. And then they'll ask you, well, I don't know. What's the benefit to me? Well, number one, we can sign a long-term lease. So you won't be vacant for the next three years. 
Um, number two, it's guaranteed rent on the first every single month without any any issues. Um, and if you ever come across any other vacancies in your portfolio, I can take them over and you'd only be dealing with one person over time, paying you your rent on time every single month. Um, and then the way we take care of your property. I mean, you're not going to have a better tenant than ourselves. There's nobody that you can lease to that's going to be better than me. And I can tell you why, because let, let me ask you a question. The last time you had a turnover from a one-year, two-year lease, how bad did the inside of the house look? Did they have children? Was there Crayola on the walls? Did you have to repaint? Was there holes on the wall? Was there a lot of nail punches? How thick was, how thick was the gunk in the shower, right? How, how nasty was the toilet? Well, you'll never get that with me. When I hand you back the apartment, it's going to look exactly the way you handed it to me, minus maybe a few different accent walls, um, because we furnish it, we design it beautifully, we put a per perfect decor, and then we get it professionally cleaned seven, eight times a month. And so that means that the upkeep of, upkeep of your location is going to always be at peak, peak performance or peak um, look, at a top look, because we have to be able to sell that location the exact same way and has to look the exact same way from day one, two, three years down the line. And in order for us to do so, that means we have to maintain your location at its, at its peak state. Not to mention, we'll take care of any maintenance issues under $300, $200 whenever something arises. So if your screen door breaks, I won't call you. I'll just fix it. If uh, Unless it's like a major plumbing issue you won't hear from me. I'll just call a plumber and fix it. As long as it's under 200 bucks, I deal with all the maintenance. You don't have to worry about it. I like that one. That last one. Yeah. That, that last one is a, is a keeper as a, as a, uh, if I was on the other side of that, I'd be like, Ooh, I like this guy. Um, but no, I like that. Um, now I'm sure you still get no's, right? Because that's just the business we're in. So when you get a no, what are some of your comebacks? And these are what I've heard. Um, I've heard people maybe going two to $300 over the rent because they know that they can make that with short-term rental. You're making thousands. Um, so I've heard that as one as a comeback. I've heard where the person you're pitching to is going to say, hey, well, why don't I just do that? Or why, why am I having you as the long-term rental knowing you're going to make thousands and I'm only getting 200, $300 from like, so how do you fix that situation? Yeah. So depending on the, on the answer. Okay. Here's the biggest question I always ask when they tell me now, I don't know if I'm interested in that. Why not? Literally. Why? Yeah, and it's like, well, because, well, why? And it's like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. okay, but why? And I just get to the final, like, literally, it's like, it, it gets a little uncomfortable sometimes where you're like, well, look, I can put your mind at ease with all those things. I just kind of really want to know why you wouldn't be open to this mindset, or I mean, this mindset to this, this business structure. Um, and that's literally it. Because again, it's a mindset thing for them as well to be able to give control of because essentially, we're taking control of their place, their baby, the, the thing that they put money into. Yeah. And so in order for us to do that, you know, we, we got to know, like, we got to make, get them to know or understand what it is that we're truly doing and how good we're going to treat their place. Right. Aside for, for, to go back to your point about the extra rent money, I don't offer any extra rent ever because I know the benefits that I provide are look, landlords and property managers and investors are in it for long-term. They want to make sure that their place is not vacant. They've already underwritten their deals. They've already, they're already <laughs> making money, right? I have paid over rent, but I don't offer it. When somebody, now the investors that I work with, because I have so many with one person, um, I, and now if they say, hey, I want this much and I know it's a couple hundred bucks over, I'm happy to do so because I want to keep a good relationship with them because I control maybe 10, 12 units with them. And because it's a win-win for everybody. They're happy, I'm happy, and I know that they'll call me for the next apartment, right? 
mm-hmm. I don't go, hey, I'll give you an extra 300 bucks over rent. That just doesn't work. That's not the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they tell me, because I've had it where they go, well, I think I want to try that myself. Hey, by all means, it's a great, it's a great strategy to make money. Yeah. But then they don't really understand the amount of work that goes into it. I, we might all be up here talking about how beautiful it is and how you're going to cash flow, but this is not a passive investment. No. This is a business that we're building. Yeah. There is, there is hundreds of moving parts to make sure that this works correctly. It, it's, you're managing cleaners, linens, um, resupplies, uh, runners, on-the-ground people, right? designers, um, maintenance people. It's not... You throw in one person, get paid on the first and not worry about it until the end of the year or until you get a phone call saying that the tub broke. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And so once they realize how much work it really is, right, pricing management, calendar management, guest communications, customer service, I mean, they're like, uh, you know what, I don't really want to do this. And they'll either call me back or they'll just put a long-term tenant in their place. Yeah. Now, um has, has anyone ever countered with, hey, like, yeah, this sounds great. I'll let you do it. But instead of the rent, I want like a percentage of the profits. No, that's never no. happened to me. Um, but then again, it's because I control the conversation and it's the way I start it. Um, if they do ask me, I'll be like, hey, well, you know, if that because that's essentially what we would call a co-host. OK, so you want me to manage it for you only, then you got to provide all the cost to furnish it. And it's got to look a specific way. And my standard is about 10 to 15 grand for a one bedroom. So if you're willing to put in the money to make it look that beautiful and to and to get it started to that amount of of, uh, of, of a nightly revenue that I know I can generate based on the way it looks, then, yes, I will manage it for you. Um, and then we can split the revenue. No problem. As a matter of fact, they'll make more money than I will. But. At that point, I'm not putting any money in. All I'm doing yeah, is managing. You're just managing it. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's actually kind of where I wanted to start heading is, is getting investors who will upfront the cash. Um, and then I just manage it for them. Um, because I mean, shit, I just got back from Houston, what, last week. And like you said, man, it's like 10K to set up. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot, right? Um, and and, and you're doing it quickly and you're trying to, you know, like I said, I was there for 24 hours. I met with cleaners. I met with handyman. So you know what I mean? Like you're doing all this while moving furniture. Like it is not passive. And so, um, yeah. So uh, that's cool. I just kind of like want to diversify my, my portfolio. You know, I want some, some very passive Airbnb, right? Which would be like property management. You know, I guess it's not passive because you're still communicating this stuff, but, and then like the ones you set up, what you're doing, all the grind, and then just kind of diversify everything. Right. Um, but I want to admit, I want to talk about the, the kind of, cause you said all yours is in SoCal and I know so LA, especially like the Airbnb laws, there are like one of the strictest besides like Nevada. Um, but Airbnb there is like pretty strict. Like you need, I thought from my understanding that it had to be um, long-term rental. Like it had to be 30 days or more unless you get a permit um, and do that whole shabam stuff. So do you have permits for your units or what? That's very city specific. So what cities? So, okay, go ahead. Yeah, it'll depend on whatever city you're going into. Um, to answer your question, what city? I, I, it's it's different per city. Every single city has their own ordinance. So this breaks down to per city, per zone, per location. Um, not a state thing, not a federal thing. It's a, it's a city thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Are all um, your Airbnbs in different cities, though? Different. Yes. So do some of them have permits? Some of them don't? 
Okay. Yeah. And how is that process for getting a permit for those, the audience? You, you just apply. Usually when they have a permit, you go onto their website and you apply. And um, if you meet the criteria of what they want, then you'll get it. If you don't, then you won't. Um, somebody just asked me a question that goes, how long was this permit process going to take? I have no idea, man. There's a, it's another person behind the counter and when they get to it, they'll get to it. Yeah. No, like, that's well, I don't know if I want to sign this lease until I get it. And it's like, dude, well, yeah, it, it's like, well, it's a risk you got to take. Either you wait to get the permit or you get, don't get it at all. Right. Um, and that's it's kind of like a fine balance between you trying to figure out what, where you want to go. Let me, do you mind if I go a little deeper into that? Yeah, because, yeah, definitely. Because I got a, I got a crazy story that I'm about to share after this. So definitely okay. about a permit so, situation. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So um, in one of the cities that I'm at, they just banned them to, they put a hundred cap. And so you had to apply for the permit. There's 455 short-term rentals in the city. So that means 355 people are going to be out. Um, I still haven't received the response and it's been a month and a half. I've just been operating, collecting taxes. And if in a month and a half, they tell me, Hey, I'm sorry, you're not getting a permit. Then I'll pay them their taxes. I'm going to have to shut down and move on. Right. Um, I operate in a lot of cities that don't have ordinances, but I operate with the knowing that when something passes, which they always will, I can guarantee you any city out there will eventually pass a short-term rental ordinance. Um, and so if I'm operating in a city that doesn't have one, I'm operating with the knowing that once it passes, I need to be prepared to be able to handle it whatever way I need to, I need it to be handled, whether it's pay the, pay the taxes, whether it's pay back taxes. I just have to pay about 20 grand in back taxes for a couple of units, which sucked. Um, but it was part of me applying for a permit. Um, and so those are the things you guys got to kind of keep in mind where if it might be easier to get in where there's no ordinance, but it's not going to be easier when the ordinance passes, because at that point you're going to have to deal with the hurdles to be able to, to um, operate anyway go ahead yeah no um and then as far as the so you said you know a lot of people come to you and say hey should i get the permit first or sign the lease you just sign the lease and and worry about the permit after that's that's the entrepreneur risk you're, you're willing to take does airbnb allow you to to put that place on Airbnb or you just are, I know, I know you, I said Airbnb plenty of times. Do you use other, do you use recurring guests? How, how do you go about promoting that and still make monthly income? Yeah. So Airbnb will only, um, they only have specific strict regulations in specific cities. They don't really care what the cities say. They don't, they're in it for their public company. Now they're in it for their investors. They're in it for their stockholders and they're in it for their guests. Um, some might argue that they don't even care about hosts, right? A, a big different topic, but um, they are not going to sit here and do the work for you to figure out where you can and can't operate unless they've already gone into some kind of squabble within the city. For example, in Los Angeles. Oh, we'll get, we'll a, get to that. That's what I had the yeah, problem. <laughs> yeah, if you put it up in LA, they're, they're going to remove you. They won't let you be on it. Yeah. Um, or they'll, they'll find you or they'll tell you, Hey, we need you to upload the permit or whatever the case may be. But in other cities, they're not going to care. They're, they're not going to put in the time or effort to bother to look up for you. But, you know, and it, this comes down to you being a, this being a business and you being an entrepreneur and figuring things out, pivoting, shifting, all that. If that happens, then you now have to figure out how to get that place leased at at least a 30 day increment, because then at that point, if the city ordinance says that a short term rental is 28 days or less, well, now you're free to get 28 days or more bookings. So now you kind of shift to what's called midterm rentals. You can do monthly bookings. You can go after insurance agencies. You can go after contractors. You can go after nurses who stay for 90 days at a time. There's many different ways to get go about it to be able to get 
your business off the ground, whether you got a permit or not. And that's where you need to know that that this is not an Airbnb business. This is a business and you're using Airbnb as a platform, right? Because when you get into stuff like that, um, where it's like, hey, I need to move to midterm rentals. Okay, now you can start looking at other platforms. Furnish Finder is one. It's $99, right? That, that targets travel nurses, and it does really well. A lot of travel nurses use that app. You can start heading to Craigslist. Um, there's just plenty of, of, of ways to kind of get around that, that hurdle. Um, and that's where knowing your customer clientele um, will come into handy. Um, so yeah, anyways, this LA story. So, okay. Like I, I go to LA a lot. Um, but we had went to like, this was like maybe two years ago. We had went to LA, me and my business partner. Um, and we were heavy in the tarot stuff and we we're like, all right, we got to get into like real estate. Right. Um, and we were just like looking around LA, like, dude, Airbnb would go crazy out here. And then we just like went home and then just kind of like left it on the burner. And went back two years later, which was last year or during the pandemic. It was like during the pandemic. We, uh, I had met this guy off Clubhouse and he was, he was a veteran and he was like, yeah, like I live in LA, I'm moving uh, to DC. I don't know what to do with my place. I was like, boom. And we ended up talking. We worked out a deal where we can take over his lease and stuff like that set up for Airbnb. Right. This is two days, two years later from when we originally wanted to do it. And so the mistake we made is we didn't do the due diligence between those two years to find laws or or, you know, the stuff about that. And so anyways, before before we even check laws, permits and kind of how Airbnb is doing in the L.A., we just knew it would do good because it was L.A. Um, We fly down to L.A., um, set up the Airbnb in like 24 hours. Um, most of it was already set up because he lived there. Um, so we had furniture and everything, just had to buy all the other stuff. Um, we finish at like midnight and we go back to the place we're staying at and uh, we go to post it. And all of a sudden, like, it's like midnight. Like I'm, we're like half asleep. And all of a sudden my business partner goes, yo, Airbnb is not letting me post this. Um, they're asking for a permit. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? We just spent like thousands of dollars setting this up. What are you talking about permit? And then we had to like, literally, we stay up to like 2.30 a.m., 3 a.m. trying to figure out what we're going to do because we're leaving the next day at like 6 a.m., right? So (laughs) we're like scrambling, trying to figure out, oh my God, when did they pass this? I start looking up. I'm like, yo, like Los Angeles County has been in like literally a lawsuit with Airbnb for the past two years since the time we left here last time. Like it's literally been an ongoing situation. And it's like the only town in the country that is like fighting with Airbnb. And uh, so I'm reading all these articles. I'm like, oh, this is bad. And so we're like, fuck, what are we going to do? So obviously Airbnb wouldn't let us list it for 30 days or less as you or 20 29 days or 30 days or or less right so we had to only list it at 30 days or above we're like all right here's a couple options we could put it on craigslist we got furnished finder we can pay for that and start that or we can just see what the fuck happens with 30 days or more right on our way home so we're at the airport 7 a.m lit we list the place 30 days or more we're all right cool and then as soon as we land 
we look and like, oh shit, we got a booking, dude, for like three months. <laughs> like, nice. like, yep. We got yep. a booking, like, and it's more than the rent. Like we're net, we're netting. So we're like, yo, this could work, right? But the, another thing we messed up with, um, and and that's kind of like the whole purpose of sharing these stories on this podcast is the way we had set up our business structure with three people, right? We're used to doing it with two people. Two people is cool, 50-50, blah, 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 whatever, however you want to do it. But with three people, it gets a little complicated, especially when one of them doesn't want to do any of the work, right? And they just want to be very passive. So we had set up our business uh, based on the short-term rental cash, not midterm, because it's different. Short-term rental, when you're flipping, like when you're doing like the 30, less than 30 days, you can uh, net more than you can with the, the, the midterm. And so when we did the numbers, you're like, fuck, we're not going to be, you know, netting what we thought we were. Like, we're going to have to end this business relationship and maybe just start one with just me and you, you know what I mean? But three, three ways isn't like the numbers ain't working, right? Um, and so that's what another mistake we realized. But yeah, that was a crazy like whole situation. We ended up keeping it for like maybe five to six months. Um, we had two, another person um, come in and, and long-term rent it. And the only reason we shut it down was because we didn't like the numbers with the third person. We would have kept it for sure in LA County if it was just two of us, because it was definitely Aye. profitable. So yeah, LA that's County, important. man, that's, yeah. you gotta, you gotta just, so now every time I'm setting up an Airbnb or looking into a, a potential place, I always look, look first to see if you could even list it on Airbnb, right? Because I feel like maybe LA and Nevada are the only two places that require a permit before you list it, right? Like you said, Airbnb doesn't care. They, they just care about the investors. They want the money. So they're not going to go do the due diligence. But when you get in a lawsuit with a county, you kind of have that, that place, you know, that play is put into place. So definitely crazy story, bro. Um, let's see. I want to move into the hell of misguided segment where I ask the same question to each entrepreneur that comes up on the podcast. And that question is simple. Uh, if you were to write a paragraph or summary to yourself, um, at 18 years old, what would you say? Pay, pay more attention to the opportunities that come your way and don't be scared to give them a chance. Okay. And go, go into detail about that. What you mean? Why? Like why that? So, because I've had a lot of opportunities to do specific things or, uh, or to start different businesses or, you know, potential investments where I was either too focused on what I was doing and I would pass them up and not give them the time of day. Or I was too scared to try to try something new because I had too much going on at the time. Mm. Um, and looking back at some of those opportunities, I'd probably be doing better than what I'm doing with my short-term rentals right now. Um, yeah. Never be afraid to give something an opportunity. If the universe gives you a sign, if there's a sign out there that says, hey, this sounds good. If you get a good gut feeling, give it a chance. It doesn't yeah. hurt to try it out. That's it. You know, again, going back to my... Don't be afraid to fail situation. It's the more you fail, the more you're going to learn. And so that, that's, that would be what I would tell myself. Hey, man, if something comes your way, pay attention to it and give it at least a, a, a bit of your attention and give it a chance. Because if it pans out, man, you're going to love yourself in the future. Definitely, definitely. It just can't be, you know, you got it. You just got to go for it, right? Like I said in the beginning of this, it's, it's that taking that first step is the hardest. But once you get that snowball effect, man, it's beautiful, mm -hmm. right? Through the ups and downs. 
Um, and you're definitely going to have some downs and a lot of people got to realize that. Um, yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great, great bullet, bullet notes right there. I like it. I like it. Um, cool. Let's go on to, I want to talk. Oh, first, before we get into this, I wanted to talk about the, uh, custom collectives. You said you're an art guy and I saw that on your Instagram and those are really cool. But before we get into that, uh, I want to talk about this new law that was just signed, um, by the governor in California. We're both in California. Um, it's the SB9, it's the S9. Is it SB9? SB9. Yeah. SB9. Yeah, I knew it was SB9 um, law. Um, so do you, do you, you know, you know much about that, right? I'm assuming you do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know like all the details, but I know the bullet points of it and I know the benefits and what it could bring. Yeah. 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 So pretty much for those listening, um, I was reading up on it more last night as well, bullet points. Um, but it essentially means that on a single family home, right. You know, a single family home is on a lot. Um, the law previously was you can have a single family home and then you can have an ADU, which I think was like 1200 up to 1200 square feet. Um, and that was it. Um, other than that, you couldn't build any other crazy structures on there. Now with this SB nine, um, that they're passing, you can have a single family or you can have essentially two duplexes, right? Um, which that is just crazy. And I think a, a reason they're doing that is because of the low inventory for housing. Um, and But it's gonna be great for investors because now you got two duplexes, right? You can live in one if you want, rent out the other three, like that cash flow is insane. Um, or you can just have two duplexes and rent out four. And now like you, you're pretty much like quadrupling your cash flow and your opportunity. Yeah. And so I think this is going to be great for investors and which is why right now I'm very focused on getting land. Like even if it's a small ass um, single family um, in the Bay Area, I just want the land because uh, of this rule. Um, well, it's going to be such a cool thing because there's a requirement. Um, I think the, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, the two major ones are you have to be able to have 2,400 square feet worth of land. Yep. Because in order to, to subdivide it and turn it into two lots, it has to be 1,200 um, each side. In order uh -huh. for it, and then you can sell the second, you know, as a separate parcel. So if you, yeah, that's pretty cool too. Someone else's house. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I like that. There was a yeah, there's a bunch of stuff and there's a bunch of rules. But one of the reason I'm yeah. bringing this up is because one of the rules is kind of has to go and tie into what we've been talking about this whole time short term rentals. And the rule is, you can't do short term rentals with these <laughs> like it has to be 30 days or longer. So that's just interesting. And, and literally to our point of, yo, at one point, every city in America, maybe besides Texas, because Texas says fuck America. Right. But they, they're going to have these rules in place of where they're saying, hey, short term rentals, nah, or it's they're going to make it very hard on you. Right. Um, and so that's why I just wanted to bring it up. Um, but yeah, no short, no short term rentals. It was like uh, you had to live in it for like three years. You had to sign an affidavit to live in it for three years. It's a bunch of shit. But um, yeah. I think it would be cool if you can get over the hurdles of that stuff. Right. So, yeah, cool, cool. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and get into your art, man. So I was going through your Instagram, saw at, uh, at Custom Collectives. Um, started looking through it and it's a bunch of art and like sculptures. So like, how, how'd you get into that? Um, it was on a whim, man. Again, just trying new stuff out. And <laughs> so uh, there's these guys um, that I 
they they're the kind of the ones that started this whole thing. They sell these little like, like I wish I had one here to show you, but it's like a small figure, and you can sculpt on top of them, on top of them, and so you can make like whatever character you want. And um, I've always I followed them for a while when they were first starting up, and I was is like, it Plasticon? Uh, it's Plastic Cell. Plastic Cell. I think I think I I follow. I think I follow. I, I don't know. If yeah. And so I was like, yeah, these guys are cool. Like they're super popular now. I was following them back when they had like a thousand followers and um, they were making these really cool figures. And so um, I was like, you know what? My entire life I've been artistic. Like I can, I I just, Mm -hmm. it's been my thing. It's something that's kind of like my hobby, I guess. And so um, anything art related, right? And so I was talking to my brother one day and I was like, yeah, I kind of want to give this a shot. And so we went out and we bought some clay. He gave me this little box of clay and I just started sculpting on it. At the time, these guys were having some kind of, uh, um, uh, actually, no, I lied. They were having a competition, but that was after. So um, I started, I started sculpting and I sculpted a character from at the time I used to play a bunch of video games. I was playing destiny i think it was when it first came out <laughs> i remember that yeah 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 so uh i sculpted a character from destiny um and i i mean i just sat down and i just started playing with the clay and messing around with it and had a bunch of like little sculpting tools and turns out i happened to be pretty good at it i never tried it before um and my first sculpture came out really good i was kind of happy with it and then um i I, I I got into it. I just kind of sucked me in. Um, I did another one, did another one, and then I they did that competition. It was like a Halloween competition. Yeah. Where they uh, they invited a bunch of people to to go on and sculpt. I think I got third place on that one, <clears throat> which was cool. But um, you know, it, it it turned out to be really really cool. Um, I haven't done it now. I haven't sculpted anything probably in about a year because I've been so busy. But I was just about to say, do you even have time? Like, is this yeah. a hobby now? Are you trying to get back into it? Where do you see this going for yourself? So, so it was always a hobby for me from the very beginning. Um, but a lot of people really liked it. So I have a lot of like actual collectors who collect my pieces, but they're out in the UK. Mm. So um, I've sold a ton of pieces out there, but it, it wasn't an intention to sell. It was an intention for me to give it a shot. Um, and see see how it went and then I started getting requests for pieces that I started learning how to cast them and make them and paint them and then I started making duplicates and so it became kind of like a small business where I would sell a piece and each piece sells for like 150 bucks it's like I'll do like a limited edition of like 15 20 something like that Um, but it became this thing where it was like hey I really like your work can you make me a I actually had a message this morning saying hey do you have time for a commission it's like no man I, I just it takes me about 15 hours to sculpt one right um throughout time because i put in a little bit of work here and there plus i'm watching tv or i'm like yeah. i mean uh, listening to an audio listen to audible or some uh, podcast a podcast yeah <laughs> and so it's literally what i it, it, it used to be kind of like a form of therapy for me where i would sit down and just put clay like you know ink on paper but clay on canvas type of situation and so um it, it, then then it became kind of a small business and I, I started selling a bunch of pieces and then i had these guys who were trying to start a business with me with it where they were kind of like the gallery. So I, I would sculpt for them and they would sell it under their name in their company. So I sold them a couple pieces. I didn't like the way it, it was going. So, um, and I didn't have the time to be making, cause they would ask for like 30 pieces at a time. And so I would make them for them and then they would resell them type of situation. Um, and then I started really focusing on, cause again, it was a, a part-time thing, like for fun after hours, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. Yeah. And so um, I stopped doing it. And so I, I when I started, I think I started this way prior to short-term rentals, maybe a little bit after, I don't remember. But um, 
I, I stopped sculpting for about a year and a half. And then a, a couple guys were like, hey, I want another piece. And I got back into it and I made maybe like four or five pieces. I made like a character from the show Narcos from Netflix. I saw those are so funny. <laughs> Wait, um, so do, can you do you only make characters of like stuff that's already been made? Or what if someone came to you with like a personal piece? Like, can you make me? Yeah, I can. I've, I've made a lot of personal pieces, actually custom pieces of people. Dude, when you um, get I, back, yeah. when you get back into this and get some time, I, I want to pay you to make to make one for me and my family. Like, yeah, for sure, I, man. I, I definitely was gonna hit you up, but now it seems like you don't do it anymore, so I don't want to be. Well, like... yeah, I just I, you don't have the time to be honest. That's all. I just don't have the time. It just takes yeah. me a long time. Yeah, I know. I, Fifteen hours is a damn long time. Uh, but um, man, yeah. Um, did you meet other people who do this type of work during yeah. this process? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, so I, 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 uh, I made some, some cool connections. Um, some of the guys that got me into it, who helped me along the way, um, we talk often, um, actually, so I just went to designer con this past weekend. Did you see this art behind me? I picked it up. I actually picked it up because I wanted to steal. Yeah, it's pretty dope. That up here. It looks um, really good with that. Like everything right there. It looks really good. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And so I went there to, to meet the guys and say, what's up to them and show them some support, bought a couple of their pieces, but we trade pieces. Like they'll sculpt something we'll trade, but like these guys, like they're, I mean, miles ahead of me, they're really good. They, there's mm. like, you know, top notch sculptors. So, but you know, it's not, I, it's not something I pushed to go and like, Hey, here's my art or like promote. It was to me, it's just something I do for fun. And I met good people. Everything I do is all about me making relationships with other people. So, but I've, I've met some good, really good artists. You got to uh, let me know where I can find them. See if I can uh, reach out to them, get some sculpted. Yeah, I will. I'll shoot them over to you. Yes, sir. Um, cool, cool, man. Yeah, that, that's such a cool thing. And like, like you said, it, at first it started as a therapy thing, which most, most, most businesses kind of do, right? <laughs> um, but that's super cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Um, we are approaching an hour. Um, the way I like to end the episode is with a segment called Guided Conclusions, where I ask you a random question that we haven't talked about previously to this episode. I didn't even go over the questions with you previously to this episode. So uh, every question has been kind of brand new. But this question today is, if you could do, if you could theme one of your Airbnbs, what would be the first theme you would do? And, and I say if you could, like you definitely could, but like, I don't know, do you have themed airbnbs you do yeah so i okay so i have themes but to specific things um i know a guy who has like a like a marvel theme i know a guy who has like a dc theme um they have like monsters inc themes those are cool but you limit yourself to specific customers in specific areas so i have themed like i have several beach themes and mm. people love them like mm. the beach theme is just like they eat it up um i have a friend who has a very art like a yeah, very art, art theme yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I, they have it. They call it they call it the jungle loft and it's nothing but plants everywhere and it kills. I want to do um, that. That's good. That's my first theme I want to do is a jungle theme. Like yeah. literally I've been dying, itching for it for months now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an art theme one where we have some of my sculptures, some of other people's sculptures. We had a muralist come in and paint a giant wall mural, like a 350 square foot mural inside Shit. the apartment. Um, and in the entire theme is just an art theme. Um, that's creative. Do you throw yeah. it on peer space? Yeah, I do throw it on peer space. Yeah. Nice. It is on peer space. Yeah. That's dope. So I, I do themes, but I do themes based on specific decor, not themes on specific characters or movies or nothing like that. But I've no people who've done it. 
Yeah. And I mean, they make good money no matter what, but you, like you said, you limit your, like, you're not going to get a traveling nurse or maybe, right. Because people yeah, like stuff. Know. Yeah, you might, <laughs> but um, no, nah, yeah, that's cool. I heard of one the other day, which I, I think I might want to do, but I don't know. Cause it's, it's, it's hard, but it's a all pink. Like everything is pink and it's a Barbie theme. I was like, oh, a lot of people, I feel like, it, like that one probably cash flows a lot in which the guy said it did. But yeah, um, for sure. It's a unique yeah. space. People it's like in Atlanta. Spaces. It's in Atlanta. So come on, man. All pink in Atlanta. Like, yeah, you're for sure. Yeah. Um, so you got to know your market, like you said. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to hop into that. I think I think one of the first ones I want to do is definitely the jungle one. I like the art idea as a as a musician. I really like, you know, art and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and then, and then having the ability to throw it on peer space, because a lot of people, you know, want to shoot movies there, want to shoot stuff there. So that's definitely a cool idea. Um, yeah, I have a couple of units up here space that do really well. What's one that, what's a, what's a theme that you haven't done yet, but you want to do like take a leap for. Uh, it's a good question. Um, a movie theme one with some of like the, the coolest, like nineties movies, like a Ooh. back to the future style one. Um, Ooh, something fire. like that yeah. yeah dude that's fire yeah i like yeah. that i like that damn that's cool man you gotta definitely do that yeah i definitely want to hop into the after i get a couple under my belt i definitely gonna hop into the theme like i think it's because when you get to a certain point and when the, when the market gets saturated you got to find out how to dif differentiate yourself and right now the market mm -hmm. is getting super saturated with tarot and with airbnb so you got to figure out as a host how are you going to separate yourself and, and themes is one of them because obviously it costs more um, and it takes more time and effort, but the payout in the end is just so much better because you're catering to an experience, not just a stay. Yeah. So that's cool, man. Um, uh, I appreciate you. Go ahead and uh, drop where everyone can find you and where your website. I've been trying to pull up your website, but it's not, it's not coming up. Yeah, you're not gonna find it. Yet. It's still I literally <laughs> they finished the final um draft on it this morning. So I I took it down for about a year because I moved a bunch of locations. So it's it's gonna be up and running probably next week. Um okay. that's nightinrain.com, K-N-I-G-H-T-A-N-D-R-E-I-G-N.com. But that's only if you guys want to do a direct booking. It's not to get a hold of me. That's just my direct booking website. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of me, Instagram is your best bet. It's at Rafa Loza, Rafa underscore L Zero Z A. Um and then on Facebook, I have a group called Airbnb, the big break. Um, we talk about all things Airbnb, short term rentals. Um, and then I guess I, I got to tell you, but I got a podcast coming out. Uh, we just started recording a bunch of episodes and we're calling it the big break show. Um, and it's similar to yours, uh, but we're going to focus it around short term rentals and about the mindset of getting into it, entrepreneurship and life. Hell yeah. I saw that. And I didn't know if you had started it yet or not. Um, but yeah, yeah we started it already. We just haven't. Uh, posted anything up just yet that's dope man i'd love to come on there and, and chat with you absolutely yeah you don't worry you're, you're on my list <laughs> definitely definitely i don't know maybe i could talk about tarot because that's short-term rental right <laughs> yeah and and, and a couple yeah, of sure. days but uh cool man yeah i appreciate you coming up here is there a way people can look at your like your airbnbs like i know your website's not not here but like you have an airbnb profile you're short i know it's short-term rental but obviously you're on airbnb can people pull that up or no they can. I just don't know the link to it, dude. It's I don't have like a specific domain name for it. Mm -hmm. um, but if you guys want, I, I have an, a dedicated Instagram page just for my rentals. Um, and I, I post up pretty much every single one there because we want it to become a direct booking site also. Um, and that one is um, 
Plug it. At, plug it. At night in rain properties. Here, let me, let me, let me, uh, K N I G H T A N D R E I G N properties. So at night and rain properties. And that's basically you'll, you'll see the highlights of all my locations. Um, that's night. the best way to see my properties right now. Night. Oh, I see it right here. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Make sure you guys follow if you're listening and make sure you subscribe and like this episode. Um, it's available on YouTube. So make sure you drop a comment so uh, you can help us grow uh rafa man i appreciate you coming up here it's been a pleasure um definitely keep in contact and, and everything and i hope the audience enjoys this episode yeah hopefully you guys get some value out of it and thanks for having me on man i appreciate it yes sir yes sir you heard it here this is the misguided podcast we intend to guide you to a better future my name is juan again i'm sitting here with rafa at the end of the night, it's the end of your life. And now you know it's coming. How you gon' spend it tonight? I'm shedding my light. We living in a world of pain. Children's no mamas, no daddies. Mama, why have me? If you didn't want me to hold me and grab me, tell me you love me. Made me feel like a man. You left me in hands that wasn't my blood. I do not understand I'm a part of your gut, you fucking slut Now I'm fucking bruised And I keep fucking up, it's lose, lose When you living in sin From not having much, I'm trying to stay focused But this negative shit is just calling me When it gets tough, I'm constantly smoking They want me to slow it down But I'm speeding it up, Lord Please forgive me for my sins I committed to attend Conversations you are in, Lord I know they don't understand me Spreading your message through my blood Take these words, you are my family Lord. Can't, 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 can't be the end of times What if today was the end of times Why, why, if today was the end of times How you gonna spend it tonight Humans eating humans, nasty zombie shit. I don't got time for this. We living, but don't know what time we in. We scared of the change, they moving so fast, don't know what to do. These kids are just lying. It's not they don't like it, it's just that they scared to admit that they scared of the news. So much fucked up shit going on in the world, niggas scared that it's gonna end. Tell that to a mind, big as a golf ball, trying to go from a boy to a grown man. That knows about the last of earth Believes in none but acts alert Don't want it to end, we ask for birth Please forgive me for my sins I committed to attend Conversations you are in, Lord I know they don't understand me Spreading your message through my blood Take these words, you are my family, Lord Can't, 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 can't be the end of time